From a different, we're in the 21st century. It's a good question. Even the Bible has some things to say about the keeping the Sabbath and, and how that looks. And it's even the Bible has some interesting uh, tension between it. Where you look at one verse, and you say, "Okay, I can I can make sense of that." And then you look at another verse, and you're like, "Uh oh, this doesn't make sense now." You ever come to that point where you're like, "Wait a minute, these are kind of conflicting." There's one side that says, you know, let's keep the Sabbath, and another side that says, you know, hold on. So let's look at one of those. Should we keep the Sabbath or not? This is what is said in, the author of Hebrews says this. For if Joshua had given them rest, now Joshua was 
the leader who brought these Israelites out of the desert into this promised land. So once he brought these people into the promised land, into this, we're no longer wandering. We're no longer eating the same bread every day for 40 years. We're in this place of rest, right, this promised land. So if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. So there's another day? It's not completed? In Psalms, it talks about another day of rest that's supposed to be practiced. This is what we'll keep going. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enter God's rest also rests from their works. Okay, that sounds good. Just as God did from his. Let's keep going. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest. It's pretty clear. So that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. All right, we want to be obedient, right? We want to follow God. We want to, so let's rest. That seems pretty fair, right? Let's keep going. What does it say in Colossians? This is what Paul says. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. Interesting. These are, shadow, these are a shadow of the things that were to come. Hmm. The reality, however, is found in Christ. So this is kind of making us, there's tension. Do you feel that? Don't let people judge you for keeping, not keeping, for how you live. But know who, know who, who are we supposed to know? Who are we supposed to put our stands on? Found in Christ, right? Resting, slowing down. I want to talk more than just about a 24-hour period. Resting, you don't have to be a, a Christian or a believer to benefit from resting, right? There is many benefits that are out there from getting a good night's rest, getting eight hours of sleep, taking naps in the day, Going on vacation. Here's just a few benefits. I, took, I did some research about different data that supports all these, and I've got a great, you know, stuff if anybody wants to look at these after. the. But here's, here's just a, a short list. Better memory. You can live longer. There's a study shown that women in their 50s and 60s who slept an hour and a half more than another group of women who, in the same group. So a group of women who slept an hour and a half more each night than another group of women Guess how much longer they lived? Ten years. And, um, I, you know, some of them might have been believers, some of them might. It's, it's just common. It's, it's logical. More rest, more, more slowing down is better. More creative. When you are not plugged in all the time, when you not have that, the iPod or the TV on or the radio on all the time, 24-7, if you're not always busy, 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 you can be more creative. You're a better athlete, better grades. I would even challenge teens, students, just before tests, get a good rest. Before you take a test, get eight hours of sleep. Then all the other days, you can stay up late. Maybe. I mean, what, imagine just if you, before a test or before an interview, or before you go in, you know, to make a, a request in at work, you've got a good night's rest so that you are sharp. You're more focused. You get better grades. Said that. There's just it's just it's out there, guys. There is data that shows sleep or sleeping, getting rest, relaxing, taking time off. There's oh man, there's lots of interesting facts about other countries 
that have vacation days. Pretty interesting. You know, US, the Ameri United States, we're only allowed about two weeks of vacation. Other countries, they get three to four weeks, four and a half weeks of vacation. Places like Norway, who's known for a high economy, they've got a huge, it's just, there's a lot of good things about what happened. There's, we, sometimes we feel like we're missing out when we're not multitasking or being busy. And so, this keeping the Sabbath is more than just, it's more than just slowing down or more than just resting. And, and it's, it's not a salvation issue. It's not, you know, where the tension in, in, our, in our Bible where it says one thing and then another. It's not a salvation issue. It's a relationship issue. When we spend time with the giver who gave, the, gave this gift of rest, what happens? What can happen? So I want to ask you guys a question. How, how do you enjoy rest? Or what do you do for when you need to unplug or when you have something big coming up and you want to make sure you're ready for it or you just went through a stressful weekend and you need to get away or you've been taking care of your, your son or daughter or sons and daughters and you need some time away? What kind of things do you do? Now, this is a moment where you're going to turn to your neighbor and you're going to share with them you know, one thing, here's, here's some questions you can ask. One of these three, what are some ways you slow down? How do you unplug or how do you get space or time to just think or breathe when you, need, you have a big decision coming up? Or do you? When was the last time you did that? And what for? Why did you go and do that? So s turn to your neighbor. This is a chance for you guys that you can be a spouse. You can be a brand new person you never met and you can kind of share something great about yourself. But this is a chance for you. Go ahead. I'll give you a couple minutes. I want to hear talking. If you're done, you can keep talking to someone else. So there's, there's, a, there's a nickname that my, my family gives me, gives me or has for me. And I, I, don't, I, I really doubt anybody knows it except for Christine. Uh, and it came from a very humble moment in my life where I told my family when I was at home for a family vacation after coming home from, I think, my freshman year in college. And I just said real humbly, what would you guys do without me? You know? What kind of family would you guys be without me? 
had this great humble moment, right? Because I, I, I have this perception, I feel it's true, that in my family, I am, I'm kind of a, a peacemaker. I am the type that wants to make sure that, you know, sister one is okay with brother one, and mom is okay with sister two, and everybody's, everybody's okay on good terms, that no one's in arguments, or if they're mad at someone, they're like, hey, why are you mad at him? What's going on? What's going on? Then I go back to brother and be like, oh, she's mad because he did this. Have you guys ever played that role where you're in the middle? Well, I like, you know, I guess I, I naturally do that in my family because we have, I got a couple, I got two older sisters and an older brother. I'm the youngest. And they're pretty uh, stubborn and they like to clash. They like to, but there's a, you know, we're family and we have a great relationship and I love my sisters and brother. And, but we, we tend to, you know, butt, butt heads a lot. And so I become this peacemaker and I thought, oh man, I'm, I keep this family together. What'd you guys do without me? If I wasn't here to make sure everybody was on equal terms that we're all enjoying it. And I said, this is where I got my name. It's like, I practically hold this family on my shoulders. And they just started laughing, you know. They're, I mean, we can laugh at ourselves pretty good. And then they, be, they began calling me Atlas after that. Because, and then they gave me this great little mug. Because um, Atlas is the guy that holds the world on his shoulders. And I think we got his picture. And so in my mind, I was holding our family on, on my shoulders. And they just laughed at me and gave me this mug. Um, I actually like this mug. I, I use it all the time. But I have this, I, I just love um, being a peacemaker. I love being able to say yes to people. Or, or I love, uh, or I don't know if it's so much as love. It's really hard for me to say no. It's really hard for me to, um, I feel like I disappoint someone when I say no. Have you ever felt that? Or when you, when, <laughs> When you don't want to do something, but you, you can't imagine them um, doing it without you. you and it, it, almost, it might be prideful, but it's almost like, man, if I don't say yes, there's no one else. I feel that. Even though it's probably 95% of the time not true, I feel that. I have this atlas um, syndrome that I live with. Some people call it the savior complex, where they feel like they've got to be Christ. They feel like they've got to be Jesus to everybody. They've got to save them from every single thing. Sometimes that, that's how I feel, and that's how I feel with my family. And, and so I have this, this, this feeling of, man, what would I do? I would disappoint them if I didn't help them out. I would, I would, there, there would be no one there to help them. And where, I mean, I don't know how that, that came to be where I, I learned that or I, 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 I felt that or it came, but there's this, this mentality of, like, I've got to make sure they're doing okay. I've got to say yes. I've got to make sure that everything's together got to juggle all these different things. You ever felt like you were juggling a bunch of different balls at the same time or keeping a lot of plates spinning so that everybody was happy? That was kind of me. That is kind of me. I'm learning to say no. I'm learning to slow down. I'm learning to make sure that um, I'm staying true um, to what God has called me or what God is, uh, is bringing into my life because um, there's a lot of good things to do. Should we do them all? Feels like it sometimes, right? You got to be busy all the time. You got to do everything, or people are going to look at you and be like, "Oh man, he couldn't do that." <sighs> I guess he's not who I thought he was. I feel that. Do you ever? I mean, sometimes. Maybe, do you feel that? Feel disappointed, or you feel like you're disappointing someone when you say no? We're going to kind of share about some practices to slow down, giving you permission to say no, or slowing down and and just resting because. I want to talk more than just about a Sabbath. I feel like when Jesus came, he said, come to me, 
to all who are weary and burdened on Sundays only, right? No. Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. So I'm going to invite some friends of ours uh, to come up and just kind of share some of their uh, experiences or their how they practice slowing down and how they practice um, resting or relaxing and getting reception. So would we give a round of applause for Ruth and Terry Higley? Yeah, we'll do it down here. We're common folk. So Ruth and Terry, they're great people. Um, if you don't know them already, they've kind of, they're great at adopting orphans. And so Christine and I and, and some other uh, families or uh, people enjoy spending time with Ruth and Terry, and we love it. You guys are amazing. And some things I know uh, that I want them to share with you, with everyone here, is just uh, kind of like their practices, their way of life, and how that's just kind of uh, shaped you guys. So I've got some questions. I'll read them here. So first one, while going through Financial Peace University, which is um, a different ministry that uh, Terry and Ruth and and Lisa kind of help support, which is all about uh, learning how to work on your finances and communicating with your spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend, um, I learned to take time each month to communicate to your spouse about what the finances look like. And I learned that this is something you practice as well. Share what that was like, and do you still... and do you still practice that today? Yes. Okay. So I work with teens. This is a <laughs> common answer. Yes. So what do, what do you practice? How does that look today? I mean, you've gone through Financial Peace University, and if you don't know about it, it's a great ministry. You can learn more about from Terry and Ruth. But how, does, uh, how do you talk about your finances? Because that can be a really hard subject to kind of talk about. There's defenses that can be thrown up, walls. And we're not all going to talk about finances, but that's a part of our life. How can we slow down with just our money? How can we slow down with decisions we make? So how do you guys as a couple do that? I got extra sleep last night because I knew I was going to be interviewed. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Brownie points. When Caleb asked us, I was kind of like, oh, I don't want to hear about Financial Peace University again from the Hagleys. Uh, but but we do um, talk about finances, which we used to we used to fight about all the time. We used to fight quietly, but we did argue a lot about finances. I thought it was his job to make money, and it was my job to spend it. And for a long time, that's what we did. You know, um, now it's still his job to earn the money, but now now we decide more together how we're spending things. Um, I look forward each month to our time of uh, going over the budget and we keep track and we plan and there's a lot of freedom in that. So you don't wait until you're over budget to no, talk? No, no. Usually about the middle of the month, um, I'll go to him and I'll say, I want to I read, <laughs> which is basically I, I read what, what I've spent to make sure that he hasn't, that I have missed something. Because I don't want to get to the end of the month and think, hey, it's great. And Terry says, well, what about this, you know, what about this $49 or whatever? And then I'm over, and it's like, I wish I would have known that in the middle of the month. 
you know, so, yeah, it's, um, we communicate very well about it now. Um, it's good, and I think we've shared before that one of the best things is that because we now know what we're doing with our money, um, we can share it. And I think that's probably been the biggest, the biggest blessing is being able, when we see a need, to share. Communicating openly and honestly and doing it, it sounds like being able to do it monthly so that it's not a surprise and it's just a, it's a way of life. It's just how you slow down. Okay, so Ruth tells me you guys take a yearly uh, trip where you call State of the Union Address. Okay, tell me a little bit about what that is and w where that comes from. Terry said I could talk, so it's okay, right? I might yeah. ask him a okay. bonus question yeah. just for Terry. <laughs> I do better with Aunt Stovey. But um, any <laughs> anyway, we just got back, and I, I just want to tell you, you don't have to go away. For a few years, we did this. We just went out for to dinner and talked about stuff. But it seems like it's not so much work when you're at the beach, you know. But we, we just got home yesterday, and it was really, I think, especially good this year um, because this has been a year of a lot of changes for us. Terry's mother passed away, and my dad passed away um, in the last six months, and we got a new, brand-new first grandchild. And so it's just been a lot of of changes this year for us. And we talked about that. We talked about our kids. We talked about what we want to do for and with our kids, what we want our kids to do for us. Um, no, not so much. <laughs> but um, we took uh, spiritual stock. We talked about if we wanted to take vacations, how we were going to pay for them, and uh, what things we wanted to support. Just it was it was really really good this year, especially good I thought, and uh, I came home feeling renewed and rejuvenated and in love. <laughs> I have to let her get in her extra ten thousand words, so, but I but I can talk. When you take some time and plan ahead, then when things go awry, you've got a basis from which to to maneuver. Or Know, to recover from so it's always good to do a little planning and it always helps when you're on the same page so it's now good. Terry you can keep keep the mic if you'd like but how to you I mean I'm sure when you first started this it wasn't perfect or pretty um, just this yearly practice of getting away or just spending time with one another or just kind of communicating these things how look, looking back and maybe for those who want to begin something similar where they just want to, hey, let's sit down and talk about what's going on or address some problems or address what we want to see in the future? Like what kind of maybe advice or tips or thoughts to lo looking forward um, for those that want to begin or who have started already but they wanted to make better time of it? Just do it. It's, it's not going to be easy the first time probably. Um, if you do it from a standpoint of, of – looking ahead, not let's fix something that's wrong. Uh, I think it gives you a much better basis from which to go. Awesome. Let's give these guys a hand, a round of applause. Thank you, guys. That word of not waiting till, not reacting. Now, what's interesting, I took a um, ride-along with a police officer at the beginning of this year in August, 
in September with Officer Kenningson and the City of Salem Police Department. And I got to, for about five hours, just ride along with the police officer and see what it's like in the life of what they deal with. And it's it really that word of waiting uh, or being prepared. Because when I was on my trip, it was all about reacting to those needs. Calls that are in from domestic abuse. Calls that are in that are from uh, mental uh, mental illnesses, from those that are depressed and wanting to commit suicide. They're reaction calls. They've happened, and the police are there to help and support that part. But they've happened, and it just made me think as someone who's in ministry, as someone who's like, I want to be, you know, how great would it be to be on that side where you get to prepare and make sure those things don't happen? Make sure we don't get to that spot. Make sure we don't need those calls uh, that are coming in because that time with family, that time with each other has been able to be resolved before it gets out of control. It only takes a split second to be out of control, right? And to regret something you've done. But it's just, it really put things in perspective when I got to see it and take that ride along. And I suggest anybody to take a ride along with a police officer. It's, it's pretty amazing what kind of things they do and, and give me a, much respect for just the things they deal with every day. So we are going to talk about a little, what practices we can do to slow down. And these are the words I want us to, to, to kind of resonate with us. Prepare and share. Prepare and share. The big and the small. Prepare for the big decisions in life. Prepare for the big moments in life. Prepare for that huge, you know, stepping stone, whether it's graduation or whether it's getting married, whether it's getting a new job, preparing and sharing. How do you do that? Well, this is what Jesus did when he was about to make this huge decision in his life. What did he do? Let's read. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. He spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. This is the place where Jesus, for three years, he was going to spend his life ministering to these 12 guys and entrust them, entrust to them the church for the rest of the world, right? What an amazing decision to make. 12 guys, and I'm sure he's picking for more than just 12 guys. I'm sure he has a handful to pick from, but what does it take to prepare for those big moments? Here's another moment Jesus' life, right before he goes to the cross. What does he do? He takes some disciples with him. He goes up to the mountain and what? Let's read here. He went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to, the, said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. Sit here while I go talk to my father. Sit here while I go <sighs> lay my heart before him. Right? This is a place where he said, God, if there's another way. Where he, he prays so hard, his, his tears were like blood. He prepares so that when he goes and he takes those moments where he's carrying his cross, he's already met his father. Prepare. What about the small ones, though? We're not all here going to be picking disciples and going to a cross to pray. What about the small moments? What about the moment on Sunday morning? We're here for about an hour and a half to two hours. How do we prepare for that? How do we get our hearts ready for this time here? If you're like me, sometimes it's, it's hectic and crazy. I'm rushing home. Sometimes I come to church before uh, my family, and I get some things ready. Then I come rushing back, and I pick James up, and I get Christine, and we swing in here, and we go get some food. And our minds are doing five different things. 
I don't know about yours, but sometimes when I come to church, I've got 10 things on my mind here. I've got a worship song playing here. And sometimes it takes me a couple songs or 15, 20 minutes to just... (sighs) Now, this is a great place to do that. But imagine if we prepared beforehand so that it could just look like where you... But when you're on your way to church, 30 seconds, 1 minute, 5 minutes, 10 minutes, that drive, you just turn the radio off. What if we did that? What if we prepared that way? And we just had silence, and it was just a prayer. It was just a, God, I'm going to empty myself. I'm just, I'm not going to worry about these 10 different things that we're doing later today or tomorrow. I'm just going to let this next hour and a half, at most, two hours, I'm just going to let that be yours. Just before you even step in the door, what if we prepared that way? What would it look like? And what if we prepare and share? So how do we share those moments? Sometimes we, we're not a good at celebrating. Um, there's a lot of denominations or cultures or, that are really great at celebrating. And I love this, the, you know, this is going to sound cheesy, but I love, this, I love hanging out with the seniors at Adult Potluck because they like to share. They like, I mean, they don't check my ID at the door. They let me come in and enjoy meals with them and just share time with them, share those moments, and I get to hear things from them. How do we share those moments after a big decision or after a small decision, after church? How do we share what God spoke to us? Do we share or do we keep it to ourselves? Sometimes we're guilty of the latter. How do we slow down by sharing? How do we slow down by preparing before the big and small? The next one, meals. I love eating. Food is a great place you see in the Bible where Jesus does miracles after miracles. The, the loaves, the fish, where he sits with his disciples eat, breaking bread, remembering communion. All over, Jesus is somewhere around a table, right? Teaching moments, just hanging out with his disciples, eating meals. Where are we spending time in meals? Do we spend time around the table at all? Sometimes we do. I bet there's a lot of people here that have a great practice of of eating at the table with their family. And that is an amazing thing. I grew up in a family that practiced that, and I am so grateful. It's just, it's, it's that it was such a big thing in our life that our family, my siblings, we actually argue over who's going to get the dinner table from which our childhood we grew up. We were blessed. It was an amazing part of my life. My dad made the table, and it was really special, so we're all like, I want the bench, I want the table. But how do we spend time around the table? Do we spend it with, with our family? Do we, do we have friends over? Do we have our neighbors over? Do we invite the people that we don't like over? How do we spend time preparing, being around the table, and sharing food, sharing meals? There's something about that when you smell the food cooking, when you've got your hands dirty making the food. And I'm, not, and I'm definitely not saying that we need to be a Martha Stewart and cooking meals every day. That's not. But how could we maybe slow down more if we aren't? Or if you are doing a great job of this, how can we invite others in and share with them? How can we teach others to slow down around the table? Whether it's at home or whether it's at a blue willow. Whether it's at a friend's house or whether it's at McDonald's. How can we get people around the table and just share and have time together? Which brings us to our next one, time. Now, working with teens, they're great at sharing time. They, they just say, send a text to a friend, hey, you want to hang out? Sure. 
What do you want to do? I don't know. Just come over. That's it. There's no, like, you know, it just happens, right? They just go and hang out. Part of, I, I wish I had a better uh, grasp on that because this is kind of what runs through my head. Hey, you want to hang out? Uh, or before I even get there, let's say this. Before I even get there, I'm like, man, I want to invite, I want to hang out with this person, but I don't know what to do. What are we going to do? My house is a mess. They can't come over to my house. I don't have a TV. We can't watch TV. Okay. Never mind. I just want to talk to them. Does that ever run through your head? You feel like you've got to have something to do to hang out with someone? That's false. Don't tell you that. Don't believe that lie. You just want to, if you have friends that just hang out, just share that time. Can't spell love without T-I-M-E. Preparing and sharing. Do we prepare appointments with, 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 with family members? Do we have a family night? Do we have a date night? It might look like just every Thursday night. Sometimes, well, for the most time, Christine and I try Friday nights. Is when we have, we, we block out. Nothing's going to happen because we're going to spend that time just us. Sometimes James is with us if we don't get a babysitter or if we just think he's cute and want to bring him. But do we make appointments for things? Because if it's not in the calendar, guess where it's going? It ain't happening. It's going to get eaten up by other things. You're going to forget about it. Do we make appointments with God? He's a pretty important person. Do we ever say, hey, on this morning, it's only God's. I'm only going to prepare this morning or this weekend out of the month, out of the next two months. This weekend is going to be my time to do nothing. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to say, hey, I'm just going to spend time resting. I'm going to spend time with my God. I'm going to spend time with my family. I'm going to spend time doing some things I like to do, whether it's hiking or fishing those things. I'll share this in my life. Taking times, there's a great uh, a great book I, I got to read that just shared what it means to kind of uh, take time daily. Take times daily to daily Sabbath. This isn't a typo. Take times daily to Sabbath, which means remembering throughout your day who is Lord? Remembering throughout your day who is Lord. Because I, if I spend time in the morning with God, by 10 a.m., I forgot what I talked about with God or what I prayed about or what he showed me. It's, it's just true. Maybe you feel it too. Like, you go at the end of your day and you say, wait a minute, where was God? I don't remember talking to him at all. Was he there? You have those moments of just, we're human. Our human nature, we, we are not the best. It, ta- it takes practice to slow down, right? So there is alarms on my watch and on my phone at 10 a.m. and 2 that just remind me to stop and think about it. Stop. What did God share with you that morning? Stop. Who can you pray for? Who's on your heart right now? Stop. What are you doing for work right now that you can be praying for? And it's not an hour and a half. And it's not 30 minutes. It's mostly two to five, maybe ten minutes, depending on what time I have. But it's literally me going from my computer or me in my, my car, turning off the radio or just turning away from my computer screen and just saying, I'm going to rest, I'm going to stop, I'm going to slow down. I'm just going to thank you, God. Whatever's on my heart, whatever I spoke with God that morning, it's just a, it's just a rhythm of slowing down. I have to do it. Otherwise, I get to the end of my day and I'm like, where was God? Or you forget. Are you ever there? Does that ever happen?
Now, do we have a video? A music video? Yes. We're gonna, I'm going to ask that. We're going to go in a time of Selah. We have at each side just these worship stations where you can come and think about it. You can come and reflect on that passage we had up on there. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, for I will give you rest. Is there a practice that you want in this new year of 2015 you want to do more of, or if you're doing a great job of it, that you want to invite others into I can guarantee you there's people in this room that feel like they're spinning plates and they need help to just slow down and take one at a time. Whether it's meals or time. Resting. We've got a station over on this side and a station on that side and there's artwork of just reflecting on this passage and there's a chance for you to kind of just share what that passage looks like to you, what image pops up, what word comes to mind that you can draw or write or take home with you and reflect it with maybe your, your family or whatnot. But I'd like to ask those who are doing communion to come up with me this morning.